Hey everybody, welcome back to Vertical Vision. I'm glad you can join me for today's episode. Uh, today we are going to look at the issue of having an abundant life in Christ. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus makes this statement. He says, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly, an overflowing, rich, purposeful, beautiful life. But when you look at a lot of Christians, their lives don't really look that much different than unbelievers. And if you talk to a lot of Christians, there's this this idea and this comment that, you know, I'm looking for more. I want more out of my relationship with the Lord. And I think that that's something that's universal for, for all of us. We're looking for that deeper relationship. And I think a big key to this is that we need to understand that this is two-way, like any relationship, for it to be good and healthy and strong and, and blessed. Both parties have to be putting in to that relationship. Now, Jesus, of course, he put 100% in, and he always puts 100% in. You know, he loves us and is there for us always. But on our side of the equation, a lot of times we don't necessarily put very much into this relationship. And it boils down to something I think that, that the Bible refers to, it talks about, and it's sowing and reaping. Basically, what you put in is going to dictate what comes out of this relationship, the direction that it goes. And so I want to look at two things. I want to look first at what is being sown into our life and then what we are sowing into from our lives, okay? Two sides of it. So the first place I want us to begin is in Mark chapter 4, and this is verse 24 and 25, and Jesus is talking about sowing and reaping, okay? And listen to what he says here. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given besides. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now that sounds kind of harsh at the end there, but we're going to put this into context. What Jesus is talking about is taking in the word of God and using it and applying it in our lives. And it comes on the heels of the parable of the soils. And so when Jesus is talking to them about the word of God, he's talking about the condition of the heart and that that condition has an impact on the way that the word of God works in our lives. And he breaks it down. And when he's explaining this parable, He says, you know, the first one, he says, these are the ones who beside the road uh, where the word is sown, and when they hear it, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word, 
which has been sown in them. That's verse 15, okay? And so he's talking about the the seed that fell on the, the road, and it's hard, and it's been trampled, and it just doesn't go in at all. And Satan comes and he takes the word. And notice, this isn't, this isn't talking just about the gospel, and it's not talking necessarily about unbelievers, even though that's very applicable here. You know, the gospel is sown in people's hearts, uh, really dictate, you know, how, how that's going to, to impact their lives. But this goes way beyond because Jesus says the sower sows the word. And this is so critical because the, the word of God says in Psalm 138 verse 2 that God actually magnifies his word above his very name because his word, the word of God, is the primary way he expresses himself to us. And Jesus is also the word of God. It's the same word, word, logos. Jesus is the expression of who God is to us in tangible form. And so when when the word of God hits a hard heart, it doesn't go anywhere. And Satan's right there to snatch it up because if it goes into the heart— then it's going to make an impact in that person's life. Now, going on into verse uh, 16, it talks about the next soil. And this is one that's shallow, okay? And he says, in a similar way, these are the ones sown with seed on the rocky places, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And yet, they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then, when affliction or persecution occurs, because of the word, immediately they fall away. So here are these people that have a very shallow Christianity, if you will, a shallow connection with the Lord. And so the word goes into their lives, and they're excited about it. But then when things get difficult, when that persecution comes or hard times come, they bail on it. And Jesus says the reason for this is because they have no root in themselves. Now, Charles Spurgeon made a comment about this, and he says, you know, people will have their root in an environment. They will have their root in their Christian friends. They will have their root in their parents but they don't have any root in themselves. And, and this is so true because a lot of people, you know, their, their root, their relationship with Christ is not in themselves and in that personal relationship, but it is in their church or it's in their pastor or it's in their denomination or it's in their religion, but it's not in Jesus Christ and it's not in themselves. And so, you know, they get excited about the word, but when troubles come and they get shaken, they are ready to bail because they're so shallow. And then Jesus goes on in verse 18, and he says, And others are the ones sown with seed among the thorns. These are ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world— and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. So 
the the word of God goes into the heart, but there's so much clutter. There's there's all these cares and all these worries and chasing after wealth and and the extra dollar and the bigger house and then all of just the other things that hit with life and desires for other things, and it chokes out the word of God and doesn't have any fruit in our lives. And then of course Jesus talks about that soil that when the word goes into it, it's good soil. And what happens is that that seed produces 30, 60, and 100-fold. And you think of like, you know, it comes to mind as like an apple tree. You take that one seed and you put it in the ground. And it takes time. It takes effort. It takes cultivation. And over time, all of a sudden, a tree begins to appear and that tree grows. And then over time, those branches spread out and fruit appears. And in that fruit are more seeds. And those seeds can be used to plant more trees, which will bear more fruit, which will bear more seed, which can perpetuate that cycle. And it just grows and grows and grows. And that's the way it is with the Lord. It's the way with the Word of God. And we have to be really careful about what we sow into our lives. You know, and this is why, going back down to verse 24, Jesus says, take care what you listen to. We can listen to what the world has to say. We can listen to what the enemy has to say, the lies of the enemy. We can listen to our own self-condemnation. We can listen to our culture. There are so many voices, so many things vying for our attention. But if we're careful to listen to the Word of God and use it, that's so key to apply it, then what's going to happen is like with that apple seed. It's going to grow. It's going to produce. It's going to produce more seed. It's going to grow. It's going to produce more fruit and more seed, and it keeps going on and on. And it becomes a fruitful life. And that's why Jesus says here in, in, verse, uh, in verse 24, he says, by the standard of measure that you use, it will be measured to you, and more will be given to you besides, okay? We put it into practice. But you notice, he says in verse 25, whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, that sounds harsh, but this is a reality that we see all the time, okay? So, for the person who has, and it's referring to how they listen and use the Word of God, they apply it in their life, it will bear more fruit. It's going to grow. The relationship with Christ is going to grow. But if we don't use it, even what we have is going to be taken away. We're going to lose it. You've heard the term, use it or lose it, right? So think about this. You know, I, and when I was in high school, I, I took Spanish, okay? I had to have two years of language uh, in order to graduate, so I took two years of Spanish. I lived in Tucson, and it just made sense, you know? Um, but the thing about it is that... Um, what happened was I, I I used it in class. I studied it in class. I studied it at home so I could pass my tests. 
But that was the extent that I applied my Spanish in my life. I didn't go to the neighborhoods and the stores and the restaurants and stuff where I could use that language and grow in it and really enjoy uh having that that richness of another language and engaging in another culture uh and instead I just didn't use it at all and last year um I I I made some friends with with some some people and uh they 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 spoke Spanish and very little English and just awesome people and I tried to use my my Spanish and I had lost it, you know, and it's been decades. It was so sad. And I was just crawling, trying to get my my thoughts across and my my words and ideas across. And it was so hard. I just, I, I limped along. Uh, and over time, you know, uh, they helped me and they refreshed my memory and stuff. But it was still such a weak, weak usage of the language. And it really inhibited the relationship. Now, fortunately, a couple of them spoke fluent English, so it helped a lot. But, you know, think about this. When, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he responded with the word of God. And when Satan came back with the word of God and he put a twist on it and he abused it, Jesus came back again with the word of God and again with the word of God. But so many Christians, because they don't use the word of God and they don't take care of what they listen to, when tough times come and the enemy speaks lies into our lives and there's the fiery darts of the enemy and the culture is screaming its stuff, we just stagger in and we, we get knocked back and all because we don't have that, that word of God anchored in our lives. And so this, this is so critical. You know, if if Jesus depended upon the word and he utilized the word all the time, how much more do we need to be anchored in and utilizing the word of God? So this is what, you know, we need to sow into our lives. And we're getting sown from our pastors, from a podcast, from teachings that we hear on the radio or elsewhere. You know, we're getting sown into, but the condition of our heart and how we use it is critical. And I want to encourage you, you know, if if your heart is hard, you know, maybe you've grown bitter, maybe you've been hurt, maybe there's unforgiveness, um, you know, and your heart is just hard toward God and hard toward the word. You know what? I would encourage you to just follow suit um, in, in what God said to, to the Israelites in Jeremiah 4.3. He said, break up the fallow ground and don't sow among thorns. And, you know, it's it's hard when, when we've been hurt and when we have become hard against the things of God. The only way that we're going to break through that is by repentance. It's brokenness. And then the word of God can begin to penetrate and really have its effect in our lives. And it's not easy. And it hurts as we are broken before the Lord and as we repent. But it's always best because 
boy, once that, that soil of our heart is broken and softened and, and the water of the Holy Spirit and the water of the word is poured in there, you know, it, it just, our lives become so fertile for God to begin to grow that abundant life and that intimate relationship with him, okay? So remember that. What, what is being sown into your life? Is it the things of the world or the things of God? Now, on the flip side of this, what are we sowing into? Are we sowing into the flesh or are we sowing into the spirit? And this is something that Paul talks about over in Galatians chapter 6. And this is in verses uh, 7, 8, and 9. Okay. Now, listen to what he says about sowing to things. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not become discouraged in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not become weary. Some versions say if we, if we don't uh, become faint of heart, you know, we just we give up. And so when, when Paul's talking about this, we need to consider what are we sowing into? What are we sowing our time into, our energy into, our resources into? Is it the flesh or is it the spirit? And, you know, I, I used to think, you know, sowing to the flesh, you know, is these, these gross sins and this very blatant sin. But when, when you look at this, what Paul says is, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever person sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh. It's this self-centered, self-gratifying mindset. And when Paul says, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. I think so often we deceive ourselves and think, you know, I can do what I want to do. I can live the way I want to live. I can put God in the back corner of my life and just reach out to him whenever I need him for something. And I expect him to bless me and make my life full and satisfying and gratifying. And, you know, that that's deceiving ourselves. You know, why on earth would we put so little into this relationship with the Lord and be self-centered in that relationship and expect God's blessings to be poured out for us. Now, God loves us and he's faithful to us, but, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, think about any relationship. If you were to be self-centered, but you expected the other person in the relationship to give their all for you, that's not going to happen. That's messed up. It's, I, I think the word for it is narcissistic. You know, it's all self-centered. And that's not the way the relationship is to be with the Lord. We're supposed to be very careful about what we, we sow into. And sowing to the flesh can be sowing into things, investing in things that in and of themselves aren't necessarily bad. But when they become our priority, when they become our focus, and the Lord Jesus 
takes a backseat to those things, then it shifts and it becomes idolatry. And that is sin. And it, it puts God in a place where he should not be. He should be at the forefront of our lives. So, you know, we can sow to the flesh by sowing after, you know, a greater career, bigger paychecks, more money, bigger houses. You know, there's nothing wrong with working hard at your career and wanting to be gaining ground and advancing in your career. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, have uh, a good income and all. But when we're seeking more money, thinking it'll make us happy, that's not good. When our hobbies and entertainment uh, take the precedence over the Lord, there's a problem there. And it will reap destruction in our lives. It'll reap destruction in our relationship with the Lord. And this, this is the way it is with any relationship. If you have a friendship, a marriage, your children, and you you focus on yourself and you're pouring all your time and energy into the things that you want and you're putting your family, you're putting your friends, you're putting your spouse uh, in the, the fringes of your life, that relationship is going to die. It's going to decay and become corrupted and it will never flourish until things are made right. So we have to be really, really careful about this. And that's why Paul goes on to say, the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Now, understand this. When Paul's talking about reaping eternal life, this is not just talking about, hey, when we sow to spiritual things and we sow to the Spirit, that we're going to go to heaven. You know, that's a part of eternal life, but that's not all of eternal life. And the reason why I say that is because in John chapter 17, in his high priestly prayer, and he's talking to the Father, he defines eternal life. He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's what eternal life is all about. It's knowing God. It's knowing Jesus. It's not knowing about them, but it's knowing them personally and intimately. And as that relationship with them grows, then our life and our relationship with Christ grows and becomes so abundant and full and satisfying and productive but it's all anchored in that relationship. And so I, I, I want to throw this out to you, you know, what, what kind of things can we do to sow to the Spirit? Well, one big one is to be in the Word of God, to take in the Word of God and sow time into the Word of God. In Psalm 1, 
verses 1 through 3, it talks about, uh, you know, blesses the person who doesn't uh, take the counsel of the wicked and sit in the seat of the scornful. And, and then it goes on to talk about he is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in it, he meditates day and night. And he's like a tree planted by the waters. And he grows strong and the roots go deep. And even in drought, he is fruitful and he's growing. And, you know, that's a paraphrase there, but but the Lord's talking about how when we meditate on the Word of God, we will grow and flourish and be fruitful. And that word for meditate, it's not like meditate that we think, you know, you close your eyes, sit in the lotus position, and empty your mind. Far from it. When the Bible talks about meditating, the word means to chew the cud, okay, like a cow. So when a cow eats grass, it chews it and chews it and chews it, and then it swallows it, and it goes to the first stomach, and then they spit it back up, and they chew on it some more, and then they swallow it into the second stomach, and then they they bring it back up and they chew on it some more and it goes into this third stomach and it makes its way all the way through. And as they chew on it and bring it up and swallow it and chew on it and bring it up, swallow it, and they go through this, the nutrients of the grass is absorbed into their body. And that's the way we're supposed to be with the word of God. We sit down and we take it in. And then throughout the day and into the night, we bring it back up and we chew on it some more. And then we take it down again into our hearts. And then we bring it back up and we chew on it some more until the word becomes a part of us. And it's sustaining us and we're growing by it. Another thing that we need to sow into is our prayer life. You know, Paul says, pray without ceasing, okay? And, you know, it doesn't mean that we have our eyes closed all the time and we're, we're just, you know, uh, doing nothing but praying. It's that day in, day out, throughout the day, that we are mindful in keeping that open line of communication with the Lord. And we're talking to him. And when things come up, we go, okay, Father, what, what do you want me to know here? Or, Father, I see that person over there sitting, you know, maybe in, in a restaurant or maybe you've got a lunchroom at work and, and it's like you see this person and, and the Lord's putting your attention on them and it's like, okay, Father, what do you want me to do? And it's just this open line, letting the Lord speak to us and speaking our heart to him and communicating back and forth. Communication is vital to any relationship. You have to communicate. You have to talk. And then in the context here of chapter 6 of Galatians, Paul's talking about pouring into your brothers and sisters in the Lord. He's talking about taking care of your teachers in the Word, making sure they're provided for. He's talking about bearing one another's burdens and taking care of each other because we are the body of Christ. And so when we pour into each other, when we sow into each other's lives, we are sowing into Christ. We are sowing into that relationship 
and it grows and it becomes productive and fruitful. So from sowing to the Spirit, we reap that eternal life, that relationship with Christ, and our lives become fruitful. We have abundant life in him because we're connected to him. We're taking in his word. We're taking in his heart, and we're using these things to pour into others and thereby, remember, Jesus says, if you've done this to the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. We are serving him. And so it's this beautiful relationship back and forth. So I want, I want to leave you with this. Reaping an abundant life in Christ Jesus takes effort, okay? It takes work. You got to keep tending the soil, keep it soft, keep it pliable so the, the word can go deep and that God can plant the things in our hearts, in our lives that he wants to grow and flourish so that we can bear that fruit and, and have that fruitful life, okay? And don't grow weary in well-doing, okay? Don't give up because the Lord is seeking this relationship with you. What has he sown into your life? What has he given you? He has sown forgiveness. He has sown grace. He has sown love. He has grown, sown mercy. He has sown joy. He has sown peace. He has sown relationship with himself. He has sown righteousness. He has sown life. He has sown his very spirit to take up residence in you. So understand, you're not doing this by yourself. This is a two-way relationship between you and the God of the universe who you are privileged to call your Father. Not because of anything in and of yourself, but because of the love of God, the grace of God, and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that cross where he paid for our sins and he made us righteous before the Father so that the Father could forgive us and adopt us and make us his sons and daughters. If that's not something to be excited about, and if that doesn't encourage you in how much the Lord wants to have a relationship with you. Oh, let this, let this just really sink in deep. Don't grow weary in doing well. Sow to the Spirit. Invest in the things of the Lord. And let the relationship grow abundantly. God bless you.